Psalm 13:6. I will sing to the Lord, because He has dealt bountifully with me. Gentle and lonely. The heart of Christ for sinners and sufferers, Chapter Two. His heart in action, and he had compassion on them. Matthew chapter fourteen verse fourteen. What we see Jesus claim with his words in Matthew chapter eleven verse twenty nine, we see him prove with his actions time and again in all four gospels. What he is, he does. He cannot act any other way. His life proves his heart. When the leper says, "Lord, if you will, you can make me clean," Jesus immediately stretches out his hand and touches him with the word, "I will be clean." Matthew chapter eight, verse ten to three. The word "will" in both the leper's request and in Jesus' answer is the Greek word for "wish." Or desire, the leper was asking about Jesus' deepest desire, and Jesus revealed his deepest desire by healing him. When a group of men brings their paralyzed friend to Jesus, Jesus cannot even wait for them to ask him for what they want. When Jesus. Saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, "Take heart, my son; your sins are forgiven." Matthew chapter nine verse two. Before they could open their mouths to ask for help, Jesus couldn't stop himself. Words of reassurance and calm tumbled out. What is calm tumbled out? Words of reassurance and calm. So reassuring and calming words came out. Oh, okay. Words of reassurance and calm came out. Tumble means come out. Okay. Traveling from town to town, he saw the crowds and he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless. Matthew chapter nine verse thirty six. So he teaches them. And he heals their diseases, Matthew chapter nine verse thirty five. Simply see, seeing the helplessness of the throne's pity ignites. Helpless of helplessness of the throne's. What does that mean? Helplessness of the crowds. Oh. So throne's means crowds. Yes. Okay. Simply see, seeing the helplessness of the throne's pity ignite, ignites, ignites. This compassion comes in waves over and over again in Christ's ministry, driving him to heal the sick, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Matthew chapter fourteen verse fourteen, feed the hungry. I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me 
now three days and have nothing to eat. Matthew chapter 15 verse 32. Teach the crowds, and he had compassion on them, and he began to teach them many things. Mark chapter 6 verse 34. And wipe away the tears of the bereaved. What is bereaved? Those who are like people who have lost people um, to death. Or bereaved is just people who are grieving. Okay, I see. And wipe away the tears of the bereaved. And then he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Luke chapter 7 verse 13 The Greek word for compassion is the same in all these texts and refers most literally to the both or guts of a person. It's an ancient way of referring to what raises up from one's innermost core. This compassion reflects the deepest heart of Christ. Twice in the Gospel, we are told that Jesus broke down and wept. And in neither case is it sorrow for himself or his own pain. In both cases, it is sorrow over another. In one case, Jerusalem, Luke chapter 19, verse 41. And in the other, his deceased friends, Lazarus, John chapter 11, verse 35. What was his deepest anguish? The anguish of others. What drew his heart out to the point of tears? The tears of others. Time and again, it is the morally disgusting morally disgusting what does it mean um so those who are great sinners and they are morally very wrong okay very unrighteous mm-hmm. time and again it is the morally disgusting the socially revealed reviled Socially reviled, what does it mean? Um, people who are rejected socially. Oh, I see. And uh, in excusable. 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 And uh, uh, the inexcusable and the uh, undeserving. Who do not simply receive Christ's mercy, but to whom Christ most naturally gravitates. He is, by his enemy's testimony, the friend of sinners. Luke chapter 7, verse 34. When we take the gospel as a whole and consider the composite picture given to us of who Jesus is, what stands out most strongly? Yes, he is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, hopes and longings. Matthew chapter 5 verse 17. Yes, he is one whose holiness causes even his friends to fall down in fear, aware of their sinfulness, 
Luke chapter five verse eight. Yes, he is a mighty teacher, one whose authority outstripped even that of the religious PhDs of the day. Mark chapter one verse twenty two. To diminish any of these, yes,、uh, to step outside of vital historic orthodoxy. What is orthodoxy? Um, it's like I'm not fully sure how to explain orthodoxy. Okay.、Uh, it, yeah, it, it's like a yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Okay. Orthodoxy. You want me to look it up? Um. Dong Zheng Jiao. Dong Zheng Jiao. Okay. Great. Thank you, Colin. Um, but the dominant note left ringing in our ears after reading the Gospels. The most vivid and arresting element of the portrait is the way the Holy Son of God moves toward, touches, heals, embraces, and forgives those who least deserve. That yet truly desire it, the Puritan, the Puritan Richard Sibbes, put it this way: When Christ saw the people in minis, uh, in misery, his bowels yearned within him. The works of grace and mercy in Christ, they come from his bowels first. That is, what, what. What over Christ did, he did it out of love and grace and mercy. But then Sabis goes one step deeper. He did it inwardly from his very bowels. The Jesus given to us in the Gospels is not simply one who loves, but one who is love, merciful. Affections stream from his inner innermost heart, as rays from the sun. But what about the harsher side of Jesus? Packer, J. I. Packer once wrote that a half truth masquerading, masquerading. What does that mean? Pretending to be. Oh, I see. A half truth masquerading as the whole truth becomes a complete untruth. Wow. A half truth masquerading as the whole truth become a complete untruth. This is an especially sensitive point when we are talking about the Bible's revelation of Christ. The heresies of church history are not universally upside down depictions. Depictions. Depictions of Jesus, but simply lopsided ones. What does that mean? So it's like it's lopsided means not straight. Uh huh. So 
But what's the meaning of the whole sentence? The heresies of church history are not universally upside down depictions of Jesus, but simply lopsided ones. Heresies are when when the doctrine is wrong. Like for example, oh, say I see. God is good, and you say that God is evil. That's a heresy. Uh-huh. Um, so these heresies, they are not completely like upside down. For example, people don't say oh, God, I see. God is evil. Um, instead, they are lopsided ones, which means that it's a half truth. It's like a little bit true, but not fully true. Yeah, it's the most misleading truth. The Christological, the Christological controversies of the early centuries affirmed all basic Christian doctrine except one vital element. Sometimes the true humanity of Christ, sometimes his true deity. Are we in danger in talking of the heart of Christ, of neglecting his wrath, extracting one side of Christ to the net to the neglect of the other? Perhaps for many of us, the danger is a subtler. How do you read read it? Subtler. 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 The danger is subtler. Than outright heresy, we may be fully orthodox in our theology, but drawn for any number of reasons to one side of Jesus more than another. Some of us may have been raised in a rules-heavy environment that suff suff suffocated. How to read it? Suffocated. Suffocated us with an endless sense of not measuring up. We are drawn, especially to the grace and mercy of Christ. Others of us may have grown up in a chaotic free for all, and the structure and order of a morally circumstance. Circumscribed life, flowing from the command of Christ, may be especially attractive. Others of us have been deeply mistreated by those who should have been our protections, protectors in life, and we long for the justice and the retribution of heaven and hell. To make right our wrongs, as we zero in on the affectionate heart of Christ, how do we ensure that we are growing in a healthy understanding of the whole counsel of God and a comprehensive and therefore pro- proportionate vision of who Christ is? What does that mean? As we zero in on the affectionate heart, as 
Okay, okay. So zero in is focus on. Yes. Is that a common way to say that? Um. Yeah, it is. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Three commands are needed here. First, the wrath of Christ and the mercy of Christ are not at odds with one another, like a seesaw. One diminishing to the degree that the other is held up. Rather, the two rise and fall together. The more robust one's felt understanding of the just rise, just rest of Christ against all that is evil, both around us and within us, the more robust our felt understanding of his mercies. Second, he's speaking specifically of the heart of Christ and the heart of God in the Old Testament. We are not really on the rest mercy spectrum anyway. His heart is his heart. When we speak of Christ's heart, we are not so much speaking of one attribute alongside others. We are asking who he most deeply is, what pours out of him most naturally. Third, we are simply seeking to follow the biblical witness in speaking of Christ's heart of affection toward sinners and sufferers. In other words, if there appears to be some sense of disproportion in the Bible's portrait of Christ, then let us be accordingly disproportionate. Better to be biblical than artificially balanced. Throughout the rest of our study, we will return to the question of how to square the very heart of Christ with actions of his or biblical statements that may seem to sit awkwardly with it. But the above three points should be borne in mind throughout. In short, it is impossible for the affectionate heart of Christ to be over over-celebrated, made too much of, exaggerated. It cannot be plumbed. It cannot be plumbed, but it is easily neglected, forgotten. We draw too little strength from it. We are not leaving behind the harsher side to Jesus as we speak of his very heart. Our sole aim is to follow the Bible's own testimony as we tunnel into who Jesus most surprisingly is. And if the actions of Jesus are reflective of who he most deeply is, we cannot avoid the conclusion that it is the very boldness which he came to undo that is most irresistibly attractive to him. This is deeper than saying Jesus is loving or merciful or gracious. The, cumul the cumulative testimony of the four Gospels is that when Jesus Christ 
sees the fallenness of the world all about him. His deepest impulse, his most natural instinct, is to move toward that sin and suffering, not away from them. Well, his most natural instinct is to move toward the sin and the suffering, not away from them. Yeah, it's uh, opposite to the human natural instinct. Yes, that's true. One way to see this is against the backdrop of the Old Testament category of clean and unclean. What is backdrop? Backdrop, like the background. Oh, background? In biblical terms, these categories generally refer not to physical hygiene, but to moral purity. The two cannot be completely disentangled, but moral or ethical cleanness is the primary meaning. This is evident in that the solution for uncleanness was not taking a bath, but offering a sacri sacrifice. Levis chapter 5 verse 6 The problem was not dirt but guilt. Levi chapter 5 verse 3 The Old Testament Jews therefore operated under a sophisticated system of degrees of uncleanness and various offerings and uh, rital, rituals to become rituals. rituals rituals to become morally clean once more one particularly striking part of this system is that when an, an unclean person comes into contact with a clean person the clean person then becomes unclean Moral dirtiness is contagious. Wow. Yeah. Consider Jesus in biblical categories. He is the cleanest person to ever walk the face of the earth. He was the clean one. Whatever our horrors cause us to cringe, we who are naturally unclean and fallen would cause Jesus to cringe all the more. We cannot fasten the sheeper uh, the she we cannot fasten the sheer purity, holiness, cleanness of his mind and heart. The simplicity, the innocence, the loveliness. And what did he do when he saw the unclean? What was his first impulse when he came across prostitutes and lepers? He moved toward them. Pity blooded his heart. The longing of true compassion. He spent time with them. He touched them. We all can testify to the humanness of touch. A warm hug, 
does something warm words of greeting alone cannot. But there is something deeper in Christ's touch of compassion. He was reversing the Jewish system. When Jesus, the clean one, touched an unclean sinner, Christ did not become unclean. The sinner became clean. Jesus Christ's earthly ministry was one of giving back to underserving sinners their humanity. We tend to think of the miracles of the Gospels as interruptions in the natural order. Yet German theologian Jürgen Mortemann how to read it? Or oh, what's the meaning of it? Jürgen Moltmann is the name of a German theologist. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yet German theologian Jürgen Moltmann points out that miracles are not an interruption of the natural order, but a restoration of the natural order. Oh. Miracles are not an interruption of the natural order, but the restoration of the natural order. We are so used to a fallen world that sickness, disease, pain, and death seem natural. In fact, they are the interruption. When Jesus expels demons and heals the sick, he is driving out of creation the powers of destruction and is healing and restoring created beings who are hurt and sick. The Lordship of God to which the healing healings witness restores creation to health. Jesus' healings are not supernatural miracles in a natural world. They are the only truly natural thing in a world that is unnatural, demonized and wounded. Jesus walked the earth rehumanizing the dehumanized and cleansing the unclean. Why? Because his heart refused, refused to let him sleep in. Sadness confronted him in every tongue. So wherever he went, whenever he was confronted with pain and longing, he spread the good contagion of his clean, cleansing mercy. Thomas Godwin said, Christ is love covered over in flesh. Picture it. Pour back the flesh on the stepford wives or the terminator and you'll find a machine. Pour back the flesh on Christ and you'll find love.
picture it. Pull back the flesh on the step, Stepford Wives, or the Terminator, and you will find the machine. Pull back the flesh on Christ, and you will find love. If compassion clothed itself in a human body and went walking around this earth, what would it look like? We don't have to wonder. But that was when he lived on earth. What about today? Here we remember that the testimony of the New Testament is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Hebrew chapter 13 verse 8 The same Christ who wept at the tomb of Lazarus weep with us in our lonely disappear. The same one who reached out and touched lepers puts his arm around us today when we feel misunderstood and sidelined. The same one who reached out and touched lepers put his arm around us today when we feel misunderstood and sidelined. The Jesus who reached out and cleansed messy sinners reached into our souls and answered our half-hearted pleas for mercy with the mighty invisible cleansing of one who cannot bear to do otherwise. In other words, Christ's heart is not far off despite his presence now in heaven, for he does all this by his own spirit. We will give focused attention to the relationship between Christ's heart and the Holy Spirit in chapter 13. For now, we simply note that through the Spirit, Christ himself not only touches us, but lives within us. The New Testament teaches that we are united to Christ, a union so intimate that whatever our own body parts do, Christ's body can be said to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15 to 16. Jesus Christ is closer to you today than he was to the sinners and the sufferers. He spoke with and touched in his earthly ministry. Through his spirit, Christ's own heart envelops his people with an embrace nearer and tighter than any physical embrace could ever achieve. His actions on earth in a body reflected his heart. The same heart now acts in the same way towards us, for we are now his body. It's the end of chapter 2. Okay. Is anything stand out to you today? I think like where it says that Miracles are natural and disease and the fall 
nature of the world is the unnatural. That was very, I don't know, that's really interesting. Oh, yeah. We are trying to uh, get used to the disease, the brokenness of the world, and uh, uh, have to embrace the, the earth as what it is. And so the, the, like the death, the disease, the brokenness are natural, and we must accept it. But here, it's kind of uh, take a, an opposite way, say, disease, you think they are natural? No, they are not. What the perfect word from God is the natural. The miracle is the natural. The order is the natural. Yeah. Hi, Yifu. Do you have any thoughts about today's reading? I guess he might sleep <laughs> because of the reading. Okay. He, he's scared. Oh, I think it's very good. <laughs> to be like reading before bedtime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so help you to fall asleep, you know? Yeah, you know, I have, I, I recently I have some sleeping issue. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned it, so yeah, it's a very good house. <laughs> keep, 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 keep reading. <laughs> okay, thank you, I will. So you can listen to our podcast before your bedtime. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can. I can listen to it like repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, it it will be helpful. <laughs> I'm glad that I helped you to resolve your sleeping issue. Yeah. Well, and then, and also you also like, yeah, pure my soul. <laughs> <laughs> So you can have a good dream. Yeah, you know, I live um um the, the church is outside my window. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the church is beside my apartment. So yeah, the environment is like super. Super holy, you know. Yeah, holy. You fall asleep with uh, listening to the words from God. And you yeah, wake yeah, up in yeah. the morning. Sleep aside the church. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And you wake up in the morning for because And then and then get an interview, right? <laughs> <laughs> and here the uh, the bell is ringing. Yeah, the bell rings and then wake up. 
Summarize a little bit so you can understand what we talk today. Um, like for the Jesus, his character, one of the very important his character is uh, uh his uh, humbleness, his uh, um, willing to live with those who are um, marginalized, who are sidelined. And uh, for those who are broken and the sinner, suffer, in the Old Testament, those people are unclean. And any person who touched unclean people, they will be unclean. So it has been said, moral dirtiness is contagious. And so, but in the New Testament, Jesus come to the world and he is holy and purified. He, mm, he touched, he touched those unclean, uh, unclean people, and uh, healed them through the miracle. So it's kind of the reverse, um, procedure compared with the, the Old Testament, because Jesus did not become unclean when he touched those unclean people. Instead, those unclean people become clean. Yeah. And uh, it's a the gift from Christ, from Jesus to the world. So once we turn back to God, our sin, our, suffer, um, our suffer, suffering heart could be healed by God, by Jesus Christ. Because he's the one who's holy and clean, um, very clean, and uh, he can heal our sin and our suffering heart. Yeah. And Chujun, do you have anything to add on? Um, I can't think of anything else. You summarized it pretty well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Hope it helps you to understand better, Yifu. Uh, oh, I know it's challenging. Okay, once once you get the book, uh, you can read uh, it further. Is it, uh, it's which it's chapter? It's chapter two now. Yeah. Next time, we will move to chapter three. Thirteen, six. Oh, you got the book? Which book? I mean, The Gentle and the Lonely? Yeah. You got it? No. So how do you know the page? I only have the Bible. Oh, we are not reading the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I guess the book is already at your door, so you can pick up tomorrow. Okay. And, and join us to read together. Um, anything else uh, for today's discussion, Chuji? I can't think of anything else. Okay, if uh, it's the case, that concludes the reading of today.
Thank you, everyone.